You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Activate your free Assembly Call membership today at assemblycall.com slash join. That's assemblycall.com slash join. That is how you're a champion. It really is. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, brought to you by HoosierProud.com. Well, earlier this week, Seth Davis of SI.com revealed his Magic 8, the list of teams that he believes has the most realistic shot to cut down the nets on the first Monday in April. Number one on the list, Kansas. Number two on the list, North Carolina. Now, what do both of those teams have in common, besides both also being number one seeds in Andy Bottoms' latest bracket projection? They both lost earlier this year to Indiana. No, really, that happened. That really happened this season. So, where are the Hoosiers now? Well, you know exactly where they are. In a desperate fight for their NIT lives while trying to avoid finishing Big Ten play in 13th place. (sighs) As one of our longtime listeners, Jack Greenwald, tweeted me on Thursday, what a dumb season. And that's probably the single most accurate sentence anyone has written about the 2016-17 Indiana basketball season. And on that chipper note, I'm your host, Jared Morris, here to discuss all of this and more with you and with Ryan Phillips, my co-host on the Assembly Call IU postgame show, which you can listen to live immediately after every IU basketball game at assemblycall.com. And if you can't listen live, no worries. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us. So I will begin this week's show as we begin every postgame show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And, you know, this has been a season during which the only things that we can really count on from Indiana are negative. Turnovers out the wazoo, disjointed defense, mostly atrocious late-game execution, opposing teams parading to the free-throw line, and reminder after reminder after reminder about the injuries. But over the last two games, one intrepid Hoosier has risen up and dared to give us something positive that we can count on. And that Hoosier is Devontae Green, and his newfound skill is hitting big three-pointers at the end of first halves. He did it against Northwestern, punctuating a 22-0 run with a three-pointer that he took from just outside Evansville, and then he did it again versus Purdue, punctuating a 7-0 run with a three-pointer that cut an 11-point Purdue deficit or lead to eight going into halftime. And it hasn't just been the threes. Devontae is actually playing some of his best basketball down the stretch, which is exactly what you want to see from a freshman. And it suggests that he is indeed a legitimate building block for the future of this program. Indiana is actually plus 17 with Devontae on the floor over the past two games. Contrast that with Robert Johnson, who is a depressing minus 37 over the last two games. Now, we're big fans of Rojo on the assembly call, always have been but it's clearly become impossible to justify or explain his recent play. So why not give those minutes to Devontae here for whatever number of games Indiana has left? It wouldn't just be a nod to the future. He actually gives Indiana its best chance to win right now. And Devontae Green was clearly one of the few bright spots during an otherwise awful February for Indiana. 
All righty. Well, let me now introduce my esteemed co-host. To my left, we have the host of Bracketology.fm and the world's number one ranked bracketologist, according to Bracketmatrix.com. He is also the president of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, although we won't hold that against him. He is Andy Bottoms, and he's not here. So Andy actually has the week off so that he can bury himself in stats and spreadsheets as he prepares his final bracket projections. So make sure that you are listening to his podcast and subscribe to his email list, especially over these next couple of weeks. You can get more information and learn how to subscribe at Bracketology.fm. That's Bracketology.fm. All right, so no bottoms line on this edition of Assembly Call Radio, but to my right, we have a man who would prefer eating a soggy bowl of grape nuts to watching another underperforming minute of IU basketball, a columnist for TheBigLead.com, and someone whose belief in himself is already so massive, it makes you wonder how he would have turned out if LeVar Ball were his dad. He is Ryan Phillips. Ryan, welcome. What is your rant from the past week in Indiana basketball? Well, first of all, the answer to that, I would have turned out exactly the same, I think. Um, but no, I think we're just, it's getting to the point, we talked about this on uh, the post-game show, it's just getting to the point with this where this season is sad. It's, it's, it's just, it's hard to deal with, it's exhausting, it's tiring, it's sad, and you're watching these kids and you know, some of them are playing real hard, but it doesn't really matter. The team just is missing something big. I don't know what it is. I mean, I know, we know there are elements they're missing. Leadership, uh, you know, some seniors would be nice. Some, you know, uh, people you can rely on late in a shot clock would be nice. All of that. Um, but at the same time, there's just something deeper missing with this group of players. And um, it's just getting it's getting tired to watch watch and then for us on the post game show and and here it's tough to talk about because you're talking about the same exact problems every time we do this and and so it's hard finding new topics to discuss and 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 to break down and finding new ways to relay basically the same information this team does not play great defense turns the ball over too much doesn't execute down the stretch and and is just can't find a way to win games, which is the polar opposite of last year's team that we all loved so much was they were gritty and they found a way to win games and there were guys you could rely on in the crunch. Right now, there's nobody you can really rely on this team to make something happen. So I would just say, I, I it, you know, to the frustrated fans out there, we're with you. We're all kind of mercifully waiting for this to end uh, and, and just let the clock run out so we can maybe start talking about some positive stuff like next season and and players coming in and and maybe some changes in the program um but for now we're we're stuck with these guys and and this team and and it's i know it's tough to watch we're there with you we're not trying to pump sunshine here we're just trying to find a different way to repackage what we've been seeing all year and and bring it to you in some way different but man it's rough but and, and it is bizarre how it is, I mean, literally the same issues almost game after game, and they never change. I mean, it just, I, I don't even know what to say. I think, it, you know, there's, I think there's something poetic in the fact that I'm actually, I'm, uh, I'm out in L.A. this week. I'm recording this from a hotel in L.A. You're out here in San Diego. Andy's not even here. So the only two of us who could be here for the show are as far away from Bloomington as we could possibly get. Which Within the continental <laughs> United States, yeah, yes, we are. And something fitting about that. Quite frankly, I'm fine with it. Uh yeah. But I, what I would say is just there's just something, as I mentioned, there's just something missing. And, and I think that we're um, 
we've been trying to figure out what that is all year beyond the fact that they won't play. There's something that is preventing this team from improving and, and from from finding its sea legs. And it just hasn't happened. I mean, at no point, you know, they've lost some close games and you're like, wow, you know, if they make one or two more shots there, you know, they win and maybe they go on a go on a run and they just need to break through and need kind of like a slump buster and they just have never gotten over that hump, you know, and, and against we saw it a little bit against at home against Northwestern. They executed late, but that's looking more and more like it was Northwestern collapsing than Indiana performing. And so, um, you know, given Northwestern's results the last few weeks. Uh, so even then, it, it sort of felt like a false some false hope. Uh, but, you know, I, that's you have seasons like this. They're unacceptable. Don't don't think we're making an excuse. But these do happen and you've got to deal with them. I mean, we've dealt with them before on, on the show. Um, it's just a it's it, it's it's a tough one it, because there was with this year, there was so much promise early on and that's all gone. You know, I mean, it's polar opposite from the opening from opening night. I mean, polar opposite from opening night where they beat Kansas, polar opposite from ACC Big Ten Challenge when they beat North Carolina. And yeah. and that's where we're at right now. I mean, it feels like rock bottom, but we still got a couple games left. I mean, we could go even lower, you know, and, and I have no confidence that we won't. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. Well, it sounds like you're at where a lot of us are at. So we got a great show for you this week. Uh, we will get to uh, talking about the Hoosiers. Uh, and, you know, Ryan, you mentioned something Indiana is missing. We're going to talk about something very specific that Indiana is missing. One of the most important things that Indiana is missing right off the top here in just a second. Uh, first, I do want to take a quick second and tell you about our presenting sponsor, HoosierProud.com. Because if you consider yourself a Hoosier, and not just an IU Hoosier, but someone who is proud to have roots in the great state of Indiana, then you really need to go to HoosierProud.com and check out all of their t-shirts and everything else that they have. Because they have a line of t-shirts and accessories that truly are unmatched for anyone who wants a unique, stylish way to display their pride in being a Hoosier. And it's not just the really cool Indiana State outline t-shirts and the the Bicentennial Celebration t-shirt. They've obviously got our t-shirts with the Assembly Call logo on them and our really cool new zip hoodie. But they even have cool uh, Yogi's t-shirts, you know, from Yogi's Bar and Grill in Bloomington and a bunch of other ones. Just the kind of shirts that make you feel like you're home, especially if you're a transplanted Hoosier like I am and, you know, you grew up in Bloomington you went to school there and you're no longer there. Just some really, really great items that can help you show off that Hoosier pride. And if you're listening to this on Friday, we still have a special deal going on uh, with the folks at Hoosier Proud. So if you use the promo code THANKYOU20, THANKYOU20, uh, you will get 20% off your entire order at HoosierProud.com. That's on the assembly call stuff and anything else that you get there. So again, go to HoosierProud.com. Check them out and use the promo code THANKYOU20 to get 20% off your order. All right, well, you are listening to The Assembly Call. I am Jared Morris, here with Ryan Phillips. Andy Bottoms has the uh, the week off from Assembly Call Radio as he gets prepared for the final rush of bracketology. And Ryan, let's talk about probably the single most important thing that Indiana is missing this year, and it's a point guard. But more than that, it's a point guard who is who, who is also a leader, someone who can settle the guys down, someone who can lead internally, just someone to be the alpha on a team of you know good guys, nice guys, uh, and good players, but just devoid of a head, devoid of a leader. And, and, and 
you know, you think back to last year, that guy was Yogi Ferrell. And we want to give a huge assembly call, hat tip, high five, whatever you want to say to Yogi, who has really had a remarkable rookie season. It started out with not getting drafted. He ended up with Brooklyn. He bounced between the D League and Brooklyn. And then all of a sudden, he got signed by the Dallas Mavericks, and his career has just taken off. And he was recently named, uh, was it NBA or was it Western Conference uh, Rookie Western of the Conference month? Rookie of the Month. Just uh, huge congrats to Yogi. Saric of the, uh, he and Dario Saric of the, the Philadelphia 76ers took home the award for February. And Yogi in that month averaged, and remember, this is an undrafted free agent. Not, you know, this isn't the guy who went drafted anywhere. And, and a lot of people question whether he could play in the NBA. Well, uh, he averaged 12 points. 3.3 rebounds, 4.7 assists, uh, and one steal per game. He was playing 31.5 minutes a game out of nowhere. I mean, you know, the guy was in the D-League before he signed. And and so 12 points, 3.3 rebounds, 4.7 assists, uh, and also shot 41% from three-point range. We all know Yogi can do that, and uh, he was on fire this month. He had a game against uh, Portland at Portland where he dropped 32 points and hit nine threes, nine of 11 that night. Um, he lit things on fire for the Mavericks, for sure. Yeah, No, he absolutely has. And, you know, what's interesting about that is Rick Carlisle, the coach of the Mavericks, typically hates playing rookies. Now, he's kind of been pushed into it because they've had a lot of injuries, especially in the backcourt. But he even mentioned, you know, after I think it was after, you know, Yogi had only been there for a couple of days and said he's picked up things as quickly as any rookie that he's ever seen. And I went to a game. I saw them play against Boston and he didn't start that game. And Boston kind of jumped out to an early lead. Isaiah Thomas was going nuts. I mean, he was making shots from everywhere. Yogi got in the game. They put him on Isaiah, and he slowed him down big time. I mean, it was reminiscent of the kind of defense that we saw from Yogi. Remember when he shut down Nick Stauskas when he came in just going sure. off on I was everybody? At that game. Yeah. yeah, last year when he shut down Peter Jock. I mean, we saw it over and over again with you know him going in, getting an assignment on defense and taking advantage of it. And he also scored 13 straight points in the first half of that game. I mean, he energized the team, energized the arena – it was incredible to see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not surprising to me, obviously, having watched Yogi for the, for the past four years. But it was really cool just hearing kind of the chatter from the Mavs fans around me, you know, talking about Yogi. And, you know, you kind of get that pride, you know, because it's like he's our guy. You know, and, of course, all Indiana fans are hipster Yogi fans now because we were all Yogi fans before any other NBA, you know, people or Mavericks we were Yogi people fans knew about him. cool to be Yogi fans, <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. No, uh, but it, let me, it's so let me great just, to see, yeah. man. Let me read a quote from Rick Carlisle on Yogi winning West Rookie of the Month. He said, it's so well-deserved. The recognition, This recognition proves there's untapped talent out there and that hard, enthusiastic play does not go noticed in the NBA. And I would echo that. I think that uh, th- there are plenty of guys that can do this. It's just a matter of getting the chance. And I think that the NBA drafts on potential a lot. Uh, and, and quite frankly, you know, a guy like Yogi, I mean, you look at some of the, this is one of the worst rookie classes ever in NBA history, given production. And look where he ranks among them. I mean, he's so far up there. He led all rookies in scoring and assists this month. So a West rookie, Western conference rookies in scoring and assists this month. And, you know, he's playing, you know, starters minutes and, and he's doing a great job. So for years we heard from people, oh, he's not going to be an NBA player because of this, that, the other thing, his size, blah, blah, blah. Yogi Ferrell's an NBA player and he's proving it right now. No, no question. And he's found himself in a good situation, too. Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA. You know, obviously, you got guys like Dirk there. Um, you know, they have a, a good young team. Or, or, you know, they traded for Nerlens Noel, so hopefully he can be part of that core. He's got a contract through next year. 
So I know that we will all be watching Yogi's NBA career with great intent, great enthusiasm. So, Ryan, we have to decide what we want to talk about next on the assembly call. I vote for just updates on Troy Williams and Max Bielfeld and Nick Zeisloff. Let's just let's talk about these guys for the rest of the show and remember a time that was uh, much more pleasant to be an IU fan. Does do Cody say? Zeller have any have any eligibility left? <laughs> Is <laughs> hey Eric Gordon's having a big season? Let's just talk yeah. about these guys the whole time. All right, all right, sounds good to me. All right, so coming up on the assembly call, we will talk about basketball. It will be Indiana related. That is the only promise that we make, but we hope that you'll be here with us. Stick with us on the assembly call. You are listening to the assembly call presented by HoosierProud.com. I'm Jared Morris here talking IU hoops with Ryan Phillips. Andy Bottoms has the week off from assembly call radio, but make sure that you are checking out his work over at Bracketology.fm. Ryan, so we were debating what we want to talk about this segment, and you know, you and I have been getting the same feedback from all IU fans. I'm sure everybody who covers IU basketball is getting the same feedback. You know, whenever we ask, "What do you want us to talk about?" everybody wants us to start speculating about who might be the next coach at IU, and we're not going to talk about that right now. And I guess we just want to lay out the reasons why. You know, number one, it's because there is a, you know someone who's currently holding the job. Tom Crean has the job, and as bad as things have been. And as clear as it seems to some of us that change is needed, we don't even know that there will be a new coach next year. And so, you know, Fred Glass has a big decision to make. He's either got to extend Tom Crean or fire Tom Crean, one of the two. It doesn't seem like you can really go in the middle there. So that's one reason to wait, because let's see what's even going to happen. And you and I have both gone on record with what we think should happen. You know, but then beyond that, it's just a whole lot of speculation, you know, in terms of getting into names and and who it might be. So we will absolutely talk about it and break it down at the right time. And it's not that we're afraid to, but legitimately, it just seems to me like a wasted segment to speculate on that when it's we're still so far from that decision. So that's kind of why we're not going to get into it right now. What I would say is that the eventual candidates all have jobs, too, and we don't know who's going to be willing to take a job. So right now, we're basically throwing darts at a board. Yes, there are feelers being put out there. There's guys you know, uh, making eyes at certain schools and, and certain jobs. And so you get innuendo and things like that. But, but it would all be speculative, as you said. And, and it would all be you know, uh, almost a little... Um, you know, I, I think it would just be irresponsible to just kind of throw names out there and, and talk. I think that a list will be solidified if and when uh, what we think is going to happen happens. And I think that we will have a much better idea in two weeks, I'd say. Um, but I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. Everybody wants to talk about pros and cons about certain guys and everybody wants to get into that. We're just not there yet. So trust us. If everything goes on, we'll get there, and we've got a lot of thoughts on it because we've talked off the air about it, but uh, we don't want to put it out there until uh, we're, we're more certain of the situation. Let me make one statement that I actually don't think is very speculative, and this is for the six or seven people that still hold out hope that Brad Stevens is going to be the coach at Indiana next year. That's not happening. We, we, I think yeah, we can fairly well state that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think you guys need to you guys need to let go of that one. Yeah, let, let that balloon fly away. Yeah, uh, it's not to say that ten w- years from now circumstances might not change, but it is not happening in the immediate, short term, probably midterm future. So just move on. There me. is there is only one thing that would cause that to happen, and that is someone in Stevens's family 
just absolutely demanding that he go back. That is to Indiana. That is the only way it happens. And the chances of that happening, given how he's doing in Boston and what he's doing in Boston, are like one in 70 million of that happening. So do not look that way uh, for, for a savior. Find something else and, and to hold on to. Every single person who's ever watched Dumb and Dumber right now is saying, so you're telling me you're there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Um, okay, so so that's why we're not going to talk about that. But let's talk about something that that isn't nearly so speculative. Let's let's look to the future of Indiana basketball with the players that are on the roster right now. Now, obviously, there's a certain amount of speculation there because you don't always know, you know, who's going to be on the roster. We're assuming Blackman, Brian, OG are going to be gone. That's been the assumption since the beginning of the season. I've seen or heard nothing that suggests to me that that will change. Now, you know, if there's a coach, you know, the thing is, after a season that goes this poorly, and if there's a coaching change, there's always increased risk or likelihood for transfers. So you could make a case for any player on Indiana really, you know, transferring or staying. So we're not going to speculate about that either. We'll just talk about... We we always laud the academic program, but this is where it comes back to bite you because juniors can leave now because they're all graduating right. early because we're doing such a great job with the academic program. Yes. Dang it. I Stupid know. academics. Yeah, those academics. So so we'll just assume that everybody else who's going to be here is going to be here for purposes of discussion. So let's not take too much time on next year's senior class because you know those guys are going to be here for one season. It's shaping up to be a rebuilding year, no matter who the coach is. You know, just based on who who you think you're going to be losing. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, you, you have Robert Johnson, you have Josh Newkirk, you have Tim Priller, um, and you have Freddie McSwain, who are going to be seniors. And you know, obviously, the biggest X factor there, the biggest question mark, is Robert Johnson. And the bad thing about that is you don't want your senior guard to be an X factor. He should be the rock on which the rest of your team is built. But given what we've seen from him, you know, we don't know what that's going to be. So. Kind of some question marks. So I want to look even further into the future with the guys who we project to be at Indiana for two or more years, the building blocks for the future of the program. I mentioned one guy already, Devontae Green. The other two guys that I identify as building blocks, guys who can potentially be all Big Ten level players that you can build another good team around, are Juwan Morgan and Deron Davis. And I want to get your thoughts on those guys. I mean, obviously, I stated my thoughts on Devontae Green. I think he is, you know, of the three freshmen, he is actually, you know, playing the best right now. Deron Davis had that nice stretch and is kind of struggling a little bit more. But I think both of those guys have shown you enough this year to really feel good about him. And we know what a healthy Juwan Morgan can do. He's just got to stay healthy. So as you look at that as a core moving forward for the next two, three years, what's your gut reaction? Does that make you feel good? Does that strike you as, wow, there's a real talent star power deficit here? I mean... How does that strike you? Well, I think Deron Davis has the makings of a phenomenal Big Ten player. Uh, I don't know what his what his ceiling is for the next level. He'd obviously, to make it in the NBA, he'd have to develop a jumper and things like that. So he may not be the flashiest guy on the or on the on the planet, um, but he's a guy who. I think can turn into just a phenomenal Big Ten player, a guy who's all Big Ten easily uh, by the time he's maybe even next year his junior year if he just continues to develop his skills. Um, is, is there a good composite for him? You know, his game know. is so I'm, old school now. Like I'm trying yeah. to think about who he's a straight back to the basket guy who can step out occasionally, but he doesn't have a great jumper yet. Um, you, you just and and I remember when we did the recruiting show about this class and, and Andy asked me, he's like, isn't he more of a face up guy? And I said, no, he is like, you know, I mean, he has he has that in high school. He had that face up thing, but it would be to drive and get inside to, you know, and from about 10 feet, not about 
you know, not on the perimeter. So I, I think that he's a guy who I think his rebounding needs to improve. I think he does well, but I think it, you know, he just needs to be more aggressive. Um, it's hard to sort of evolve as a rebounder when there are so many good rebounders on your team. And that's the one thing that Indiana, you can't complain about this year is the fact they've rebounded really well. That is true. Um, that's the one that's been the one consistent yeah. good thing all year long. And um, so I, I think he can really become, uh, you know, an all Big Ten type guy. Devontae Green, I got to give the coaching staff credit for finding him. I mean, you know, we'll rip the coaching staff as much as anybody over the last couple of weeks. But finding and, and getting Devontae Green was a huge uh, uh, get just because his ceiling is amazing. I mean, the 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 the, the speed at which he's improved is phenomenal. And isn't, um, isn't his ceiling capped a little bit, though, by his size? Sure. I mean, but so was Yogi's. I mean, I'm not comparing the two of them. I'm just saying that, like, size, yes, does uh, does hurt you. But if, uh, if you're talking about an NBA player, yeah. If you're talking about guys in college, and that's really all we're concerned about. Is how, I mean, I'd love to if these guys to go on and have sex, successful NBA careers. But if we're just talking about how they're going to be in college, he's got a fantastic ceiling um, as a guy who could – especially because he plays defense along with his developing offensive game. So, you know, this is a guy who can be a complete point guard. And and I've, I've been on record for a while saying I thought he was going to be the point guard next year because people were lamenting not getting one in recruiting this year. Well, I, I think he's the guy. Um, you know, you do have, as we said, you have Josh Newker coming back. And look, he's playing phenomenal basketball right now, much better than he was early in the year. He's not perfect. Um, better, not phenomenal, but better. Well, I guess phenomenal in comparison, I guess, to where he was. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really what I mean. Um, and yeah, it's not he's not, you know, lighting the world on fire, but he's so much better. He's one of the few guys that looks like a bright spot right now. Um, and then I'd say I think you're right with Juwan Morgan also uh, is a guy that if he stays healthy, you can build on. And, and you've seen that over the last, you know, especially against Purdue. I thought he played very well against Purdue. So, um I, I would, yeah, I, I would go with those are the building blocks, and I and I think that's that's a really nice core three, and we don't know who else will be there as well. You're listening to the Assembly Call presented by HoosierProud.com. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips talking IU basketball, peering into the future and looking at the building blocks of the program. So the one guy whose name is conspicuously absent from that conversation is Curtis Jones, and you know perhaps no players rise and fall from very early in the season to the end of the season more closely matches his teams than Curtis Jones, who had 15 huge points against Kansas, uh, had everybody just dreaming of how great a player he could be, and I think he played three minutes against Purdue, looked totally lost, his confidence is gone. You know, I, I don't know what to expect from him in the future. You know, whenever you have a guy who looks, you know, that lost and, and, and just – has so little confidence, you know, you're always worried about, you know, is this a guy who's, you know, going to stay with the program and all that? And, and who knows? I mean, I haven't heard anything, but, you know, those kind of discussions naturally come up when a player has a season like Curtis has. But if he's back, what do you expect from him? Because, you know, you see the athleticism. Every now and then you see the shot, but his shot has looked broken. His his decision-making has looked broken. Outside of a few games where he really seemed to be energized in the middle of Big Ten season, his defense has been listless at best. I don't know what to make of Curtis Jones and whether we're seeing the real him over the last couple of months or if there's been something that's just holding back the player that he actually is. Yeah, I mean, we all know Curtis is extremely talented. Everybody knows that, and and 
the way he played against Kansas, I think, was playing way above his level. But, you know, that's his potential, certainly. Um, we've talked about his jumper. I've said that his feet are way too close together on his jumper. It makes it weaker. He doesn't get enough rise on it. And, and he tends to shoot the ball long because he's putting more arm into it to get it longer because he's not jumping high enough. And so he's forcing it, you know, and overshooting. Um that's a simple fix that should have been fixed by now. And, and I think it's just a mental block right now for him. And I think confidence, as you said, has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, I, he's a guy who you'd love to just get more out of. I mean, he's played, he's played 30 games this year. He's been in, in 30 games. That's all our game. That's all Indiana's games. And, 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 you know, he's averaged 11.3 minutes per game. And he hasn't gotten better, and that that's that is a huge red flag that he just hasn't developed. And and yeah, freshman it's not just that freshman. he hasn't gotten better; he's gotten worse. I mean, yeah, no, and it's if freshmen hit the freshman wall. You know, they all do that. That you know, even we've seen Deron Davis, who was I'm as high on as anybody, has hit a bit of a freshman wall right now. And um, you know, it, but at the same time before that happens, they typically are improving and he has not. And, and you're absolutely right in that. Um, it just feels like he almost wants to play pickup, pickup ball when he's in the game and doesn't really play within the offense. So I, yeah, it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see how, what kind of an off season he has. And, and he's going to have to have a big off season to be an impact guy next year. Cause you know what? Uh, a guy like Justin Smith is coming in. He's going to, uh, Garner playing time. I really like Justin Smith. I think he's he's gonna he's a really polished, athletic guy uh, who is gonna who's gonna demand playing time next year. And and I know they don't play the exact same position, but they're gonna find a way to get the best five guys on the floor and the best and and then the bench guys. You're gonna have the best six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. And Curtis Jones is gonna have to put himself in that mix. Um, I also think that a guy like Grant Galon can give you something off the bench, you know, solidly. He'll play smart basketball and he can hit open shots. That's reliable. That's something you can rely on. And yeah, he's not going to light the world on fire with his athleticism, but he gives you something you can rely on. What does Curtis Jones give you that you can rely on right now? Um, aside from like a headache, it's so I would just say um, he's going to have to have a big offseason. He's going to have to have, you know, find himself and answer some questions about himself uh, and look in the mirror and decide what he wants to do because uh, De- Devontae Green has gotten better and Curtis Jones has gotten worse. So my last question for you in this segment was going to be if you have up, picked out kind of your pet project freshman because you've had one the last couple of years, OG a couple of years ago. It was Deron Davis this offseason, you know, the guys that you really believe in and you're touting them, and you've been fairly right with those guys. Now, Indiana has an interesting freshman class. It's not highly touted. Uh, at all, but you know, you got Justin Smith, who I think was kind of a composite, uh, like 90th player in the class. Clifton Moore could end up, you know, when they release the final rankings, could end up jumping him. He's a guy who's really received some buzz, went from totally off the radar to holy crap, this guy's like a potentially really good player, but doesn't have a lot of polish, not real big yet, so we don't know. And then Al Durham, uh, who uh, I think they offered him a scholarship like 10 years ago, uh, and really maybe as much as any recruit I've ever seen really seems excited about playing for Indiana, which really makes me like the kid. And he seems like a really great kid. Um, his game seems a little bit too Stanford Robinish for my taste right now. Um, but you know, a hard worker, if he can fix his jump shot, uh, he's, he's got some potential, but that's what this class is, is it's potential. Not a lot of guys. It doesn't seem like who are going to be able to play right away on a good team. Now, maybe Justin Smith, gets a lot of playing time because Indiana has some holes on its roster. 
But is he kind of the guy that you're identifying uh, as your, your favorite from this class? Well, I think before I make that decision, I'm going to have to watch more of their senior year tape to see the development. Um, one thing I like about – Clifton Moore is going to have to put on weight. I mean, last I saw, he was like 215 pounds, and he's 6'10". I mean, if he's going to play at all next year, he's going to have to put on some weight. But You, you and I the, w- would be happy to give him tips on how to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> if he needs any. Uh, <laughs> but one thing you have to love it, his size is the ball skills. I mean, he just is so good with the ball in his hands. He's a shooter. He's a driver, all that stuff. You know, and he can play with his back to the basket. He can block shots. I mean, he's just, he's a very versatile guy for size. Like when you, when I saw a picture of him and then I went to watch film on him, the picture and what I saw on film were not what I expected. You know, you look at a guy like that, you think, okay, he's going to be a guy who's going to run around and block some shots and stay in the post and never move. And this guy is out on the perimeter shooting threes and draining them and all that stuff. So I like him a lot. I'm going to have to watch more of his, like when his season ends, I'm going I'm to watch the, the senior year tape and, and give more feedback on that. But uh, I like what he brings. Right now, based on what I've seen, Justin Smith is a guy who's going to he's going to play and, and he's going to have an impact. I don't, I don't he won't start, I don't think. And he's not going to um, be, you know, a, a freshman All-American or anything like that. But he's a guy who can do some things for you right now and can get you some uh, some points uh, from pretty much anywhere on the floor. He can score not necessarily consistently, but he can shoot a three. He can get into the post. Uh, he can mix it up. He can rebound and he can play defense. So I, I like his all around game. Al Durham to me is just a scrapper. He's a, he's one of those tough guards who's never going to stop fighting. Uh, I don't know what his offensive upside is. It doesn't look tremendously high right now, uh, but he's a guy who's going to he's going to scrap and fight for you and play for 40 minutes if he needs to. Uh, so, I mean, you know that there's value in having a guy like that on your roster, but there's not much upside there. So Justin Smith, Clifton Moore really are tight for me. It's just going to depend on what I think of their tape at the end of their senior years. Al Durham is definitely the leader in the clubhouse for a player that Andy and I irrationally get behind and defend. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, he's your guy. You, he's I mean, our, he's our guy. There's no question. your guy. He's our guy. All right, coming up on the assembly call, we're going to look ahead to Saturday, the game against Ohio State. What does it mean? may not seem like it means a lot, but it does. And we'll tell you why. That's coming up on the assembly call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call, presented by HoosierProud.com, where they offer a line of t-shirts and accessories that are unmatched for anyone who wants a unique, stylish way to display their pride in being a Hoosier. Use the promo code THANKYOU20 right now, uh, at least for today, maybe through the weekend, to get 20% off your order at HoosierProud.com. I know that promo code will go away soon. I don't know exactly what day, so just get in there and try it out quickly. If that one doesn't work, use the promo code AC, and you can still get 15% off. I'm Jared Morris, talking IU basketball with my co-host on the Assembly Call IU postgame show, Ryan Phillips, as Andy is off this week. You can join us after every IU basketball game over at assemblycall.com and every Friday right here for Assembly Call Radio. So, Ryan, Saturday, Indiana plays Ohio State. It is probably one of the worst Indiana-Ohio State games ever. <laughs> this is, this is a, a proud rivalry that has featured some really big games but you have the 7-10 and 10 Ohio State Buckeyes, the 6-11 and 11 Indiana Hoosiers. So seems like there's not a lot to play for. But these teams are playing for the ability to actually get a bye into the Thursday round of the Big Ten Tournament. Yes, all seems lost for the Hoosiers right now. But they do still have an opportunity to get themselves out of that awful 
Wednesday playing game. So if you look at the standings, yeah, you know what though, Jared, it, it, calling that a buy <laughs> is like calling anyone who doesn't play in the play-in games, the NCAA tournament getting a buy. So let's <laughs> let's let's tamper the expectation down a little bit. Let's let's put a lid on that. And <laughs> I mean. Hey. Look, man, positive stuff is is it's few and far between this season. Let's just let's accept and embrace so whatever whatever least. we have. Yes. So so here's how it looks right now. So Ohio State is sitting at seven and ten. Then you've got Nebraska, Indiana, and Penn State all at six and eleven, and Rutgers, of course, at the bottom there at two and fifteen. So obviously Indiana needs to win. If Indiana doesn't beat Ohio State, they will be playing on Wednesday. All right. If Indiana beats Ohio State, and if Nebraska loses and they are playing Michigan at home, then no matter what Penn State does, because Indiana has the tiebreaker over Penn State thanks to their two last-second victories over Penn State, then Indiana would vault over those teams and move into, what, ninth, tenth place, whatever it would be. I guess it would be tenth place. Uh, and then they would get that quote-unquote bye into Thursday. Now, here's the question that I have for you, Ryan. Given Indiana's woeful record in the Big Ten tournament, which is literally one of the worst records in the Big Ten. I think Indiana's 11-19 and 19 all-time in the Big Ten tournament, something like that, which actually sounds better than you would think it is, <laughs> given how bad it's been and how awful some of the losses have been. Is there a chance that it might be better for us to play in the Wednesday game and have a chance to get a victory and improve the Shh, improve the? Don't Big Ten tell anyone that we're thinking that. <laughs> Maybe get um, a little momentum beat, going into Thursday. I don't know. If they beat Ohio State, and I mean, look, the chances of getting in the tournament are pretty much gone at this point, unless they win the Big Ten tournament or beat a couple, you know, of the bigger teams in the conference. Uh, I mean, the Big Ten only has two ranked teams right now, anyway, so it's not like they're they have a chance to just destroy people, uh, you know, big name guy, big name teams. But I just, I, I don't know. I mean, it might actually be better if they can win there than win their their first, you know, non by you know, not like the first the Thursday game also give you two wins. But I mean, geez, I, we're we're counting on, uh, you know, we're desperate. We're, we're horribly yeah, we're, desperate. Yeah, Let's we're, just I say mean, what it is. Yeah, it's like deciding whether you want a kick in the stomach or a punch or punch in the face. I mean, it's you know, it's either way. It's I don't think it really matters to anybody Uh, as long as. Well, I would say as long as they manage to finish above 500. I think that's kind of the goal right now at 16 and 14. uh, Yeah, I don't want them to lose the next two games and finish at 500. That that'd be a bad look. Well, and because at that point, you might not even get an invite to the NIT, which I mean, would just be unfathomable. I mean, going to the NIT itself seems unfathomable, but to not even get an invite, I mean, that would, would you say, uh, a punch in the face or a kick in the stomach? That would be both of those with At the like, same a time. baseball bat to your ear thrown in. You know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. I mean, you know, you look at that game, and obviously Andy's not here to give us the preview because he knows more about Ohio State than you or I do. Uh, Ken Palm has that predicted as a 76-74 Ohio State win. Uh, a 57% chance of victory for Ohio State and, you know, kind of just Indiana's luck this season. But Ohio State actually playing a little bit better. I mean, they have been moribund all season. Uh, They had lost three games in a row, but they beat Wisconsin by 10 at home. Uh, They just beat Penn State on the road by one. So they've actually won a couple of games, have a little bit of momentum. uh, And, you know, uh, playing in Columbus has not been real kind to Indiana uh, recently. So, you know, is there a lot of reason for optimism if you're an IU fan going in there? I mean, outside of the fact that Ohio State hasn't been very good, you know, Indiana also hasn't been very good and hasn't been good at executing down the stretch in road games. So, 
you know, I, I you can take that for what it is, but that's that's what's at stake. And you know, we, we kind of make light of it, and it is kind of funny, just because laughing is better than crying. Um, but there is, you know, something at stake here for Indiana, and you're going to want to watch what happens with Nebraska, uh, because uh, you know, all joking aside, it obviously would be good for Indiana to get into that Thursday game. Uh, because if they are going to make a run, obviously getting to play one less game would do it. And if there is any season to make a run in the Big Ten tournament, why not this year? It's not like Indiana's at a huge talent deficit. They're just at an execution and leadership and all those other things deficit. But if they, it, <laughs> They're in all the, yeah, all the important all, things. Right, all the other right stuff. Now. But hey, but you know, if you get you know catch a hot shooting night and maybe a couple of upsets and the bracket opens up for you a little bit, I'm just saying, the Big Ten tournament has been a house of horrors for Indiana. And you have to think some season is just going to go our way, even if by blind luck or law of averages, maybe it's this year. So let's just put ourselves in the best possible position and see what happens. That's all I'm saying, and has nothing to do with the fact that I predicted before the year that Indiana would stumble down the stretch in February and win the Big Ten tournament. Uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with my reasoning yep. for nope, suggesting not that. Not at all. Nope, not at all. You're <laughs> not self-serving one bit, my friend. Not at all. Not in the slightest. All righty. Uh, but that wraps up this segment. Coming up, we are going to wrap up this episode of Assembly Call Radio. Uh, we don't know exactly what we're going to talk about yet, but it will be related to IU basketball. Maybe we'll go back to bold predictions. What do you think about that, Ryan? We haven't I, done I one would, in a while. I would pass on that. Uh, All right. Well, that, that's coming up on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call presented by HoosierProud.com. I'm Jared Morris here wrapping up this week's edition of the Assembly Call with Ryan Phillips, my co-host on the Assembly Call IU postgame show. So, Ryan, uh, when we do our next episode, it's quite possible that Indiana's kind of regular season and Big Ten tournament will be over. Uh, this, you know, Of course, our next episode will be Friday. Now, maybe if Indiana makes a run, we'll be in the midst of a you know, four-show and four-day stretch, which I've been dying to do ever since we started the assembly call. And I always block out all the days of the Big Ten tournament just in case. And, of course, it's never happened. So one of these days... I'm telling you, just get prepared for four shows in four days, and it's going to be nuts, but it's going to be fun uh, and a nice cathartic experience given all of our Big Ten tournament troubles. Uh, but let's kind of look a little bit big picture and talk about the Big Ten because I think we've exhausted everything that we can talk about in terms of IU basketball. But let's talk about the Big Ten, and this is a spot where we used to do bold predictions. So let's make some bold predictions, uh, and feel free to do this for the Big Ten tournament, but let's also think bigger picture for the NCAA tournament. We know the Big Ten doesn't really have any great teams, kind of mired in mediocrity. So which Big Ten team do you have the most confidence in making a run in March? I wouldn't say I have a lot of confidence in any of them making a run, but what I would, who if I had to pick one, um, and it's going to seem odd because they've been so up and down this year, uh, I would go with Michigan State. I think they're the most talented of the teams in the Big Ten, and I think that if they get a mid-level seed, they'll have a chip on their shoulder, and I think they'll make that run. Uh, you know, it'll be I my the way I'm imagining it is the opposite of last year where they were so consistent all year, went to the tournament and lost, uh, you know, had one of the biggest were upset and one of the biggest upset in tournament history on the first day. Um, Miles Bridges, I think is the most talented player in the big 10. Um, I don't think that's going out on a limb. Nick Ward, another great freshman. Aaron Harris is a senior guard. He's out. Um, He's hurt for the year. Oh, he is. Yeah. 
kidding. No, I know that. I was going to say he's a senior guard and he's out, but they have Cassius Winston, Winston, and a couple other guys who are doing a nice job filling in. Uh, Dude, just so, say Izzo. Just say Izzo, and let's move on. I mean, that's and that would be the other thing is I think he's a guy who can get his team to play well for a stretch more than anybody in the country and i think they could make they could make a run and be the team that goes the furthest out the of the way, big 10 and and you know just in case you needed to understand further the difference between indiana basketball and michigan state basketball i mentioned this before but indiana and michigan state both were four and three after indiana beat them early in the year it looked like indiana was ascendant and michigan state was descendant and look what's happened since. Michigan State totally turned themselves around. It's almost like playing that tough schedule early in the year allowed them to kind of figure out their weaknesses and their strengths. They got a little bit healthier, you know, with Miles Bridges, even though they still, you know, lost some other guys for the year. And they got things turned around and improved as the season went on, exactly the opposite of what Indiana did. So, yep. you know, if that's what Indiana aspires to be, then that should be the standard. But that's a conversation for another day, perhaps an episode in the near future. We will see. Uh, for me, you know, again, it's hard to trust any of these teams. I agree with you. Um, and there's a part of me that wants to say Purdue because I've been impressed with them, and I think Caleb Swanigan's a really good player. Uh, he's a guy that's easy to root for given his story. You know, I, I like him, and, and, and frankly, I, I like the way Purdue plays in a lot of ways. But I don't – I just don't trust their guards, and it's kind of the same issue that they've had the past couple of years. I don't know that I trust their guards in those early rounds. So I wouldn't be shocked – you know, if they make it to the Sweet 16 and even with the right matchup can get a little bit further than that, but I find it really hard to trust them. And that's why I got to go with Michigan. And part of that may just be post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, from playing, watching Indiana play them uh, a couple of times and just getting bludgeoned uh, by Michigan by what, a combined total of like 42 points. I mean, it was terrible. Um, and so that's probably sticking in my head. But also, you know, I just I like their guards. I mean, Derek Walton has been really, really good this year. Obviously, Zach Irvin is kind of their X factor when he shoots really well. It takes them to the next level. But they've got versatile bigs. They're a really good offensive team. They're not really good defensively. So, I mean, they're going to have to outscore people. But, you know, they, they've played pretty well in February. They went, what, five and three in February, you know, had some big wins there. Uh, so I think if I had to pick one, I would prefer to abstain, <laughs> and I wouldn't put any money on any Big Ten teams, but I think I would go with Michigan uh, if I had to pick one. Yeah, I look, I, I like their guard play. Um, if they get hot, they you know from from beyond the arc, they can play, they can hang with anyone. Uh, I, I I like their versatile big men. I think my philosophy is to get out of the first round of the tournament. You need good guards, and I think to advance further, you need good post play because you need easy baskets around the hoop. Um, they have that, but they're also a team that if they go cold, they could be out quickly. So I you know yeah. I, I but I, I feel that way about all the teams in this conference right now. Um, I think if if Purdue goes cold from three, they're they're going to fall out too because uh, that's just the way they they play and you can rely on Swanigan. But other than that, the other guys are are kind of uh, a mishmash of you know who's going to step up that night and who's not. So I agree with you. I think I think that the, the the two Michigan schools are the most dangerous. I guess that's what we're going for here is who we think are the most dangerous and who can make the deepest run. And uh, those would be my picks as well. I think Wisconsin's too sloppy this year to to yeah. be a team that could step up. By the way, can I offer a candid moment of reflection here real quick? I kind of regret using the term post-traumatic stress disorder when talking about a silly basketball game. You know how sometimes like, you say something and it, like, the words come out, and immediately when they come out, you kind of regret them? 
that was one of those. Uh, but of course, we're recording this, so you can't just go back and change it. But it's kind of a that's a serious thing, and it's obviously and so kind of a kind of a crass comparison to make. So I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think people will understand what you were trying to say there, Jared. It's okay. We all misspeak from time to time. Okay. Well, except for me, I'm I'm pretty much perfect. Yeah, I mean, just ask your dad, Lavar Ball. He, he will yeah. tell you you're more perfect than Steph Curry. I should be the number one pick this hey, year, man. Okay, here, here's my final statement for today, and and you know what? Actually, I'm 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 mad at myself right now because I even said earlier on Twitter, stop mentioning him, stop talking about him, stop publishing his ridiculous statements, and maybe he'll stop making them. And here I am doing exa- being a hypocrite and doing exactly what I said I wouldn't do, all in the name of humor. And it's stupid. It's just like when you drive past a car accident on the road. Don't look. Keep your eyes forward. Everybody, just keep going. And if you're going to complain about other people doing it, you need to step up and lead and not do it yourself. So there's another candid moment of reflection for you. I regret even mentioning the guy from UCLA's dad. I'm not going to do it anymore because I don't want to feed the beast. So, Well, that made the show worth it right there. (laughs) This is what you get when Andy's not here. Candid moments of reflection. Should that just be like a segment from now on? Candid moments of reflection from Jared and I can just... Take back Saturday the two Night statements I regret thoughts. the most. Yeah, Saturday Night Live's old deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, All right, we've got like 25 seconds left. Do you want to offer some final thoughts on Indiana basketball, the Big Ten, candid reflections, or folks, when we anything come, when else? We, when we come to you again, the regular season will be mercifully over. Uh, the Not Big if Ten Indiana's turn- making the run. I said the regular season. That's technically the postseason. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it will be mercifully over. Uh, Indiana's playing at Ohio State and has one road win all year. I wouldn't bet heavily on the Hoosiers on Saturday. No, I, I unfortunately uh, would not either. By the way, I will not be on that postgame show, so you and Andy will have that. You guys will have it on lockdown. I know that you'll do a phenomenal job and put a nice, uh, a nice neat little bow on what has unfortunately been – a really disappointing season that started out so well but has just gone up in flames more than anyone could have possibly imagined. All right, well, that will do it for us on this week's episode of the Assembly Call. Make sure you join us at assemblycall.com after the IU-Ohio State game and then after every single game in the Big Ten tournament that Indiana plays in, whether it's one or four or five, uh, for the post-game show. And you can subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. Our thanks to Hoosier Proud for sponsoring this episode. Go to HoosierProud.com. Use the promo code AC for 15% off. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you next week. Go Hoosiers. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So... Do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.